this out. Uh, Alright, I'll kick you on with this and we'll go from there. Good evening and welcome to the Joust. My name is Nagy. I'm here as always with my co-host Liam McNeil. But Joust, we have a very, very special guest for you tonight. <coughs> it's uh, he's, he's a player that's a fan favourite. Uh, whose uh, form last year saw him represent City in the uh, 2017 City Country Clash. Uh, his cult status uh, went beyond the playing field at the beginning of this year by shaving off his iconic locks for the world's greatest shave. Uh, he's known by a few names. White Lightning, Formine Bianca, as we always <laughs> called him. But he goes by the Ross Dog, ladies and gentlemen, Nathan Ross. Hey, boys, how are you? Wonderful, Rossi. Good to have you on the show. Hey, cheers, um, cheers, cheers. Before we get into anything, Rossi, can I just get you to quickly look at the camera and uh, apologise to my missus for cutting your hair off. She was very <laughs> upset, mate. She loved the locks. Yeah, I'm sorry. I did it for a good cause, though. So I know. I told her that, but she no, it's not the They're same. They're coming back. They're coming back. Like, good, good. How, how there you go, Brittany. They're coming back. How long was that in the uh, like in, in, in the works for as far as doing the shape? Like, like 11 to 12 months, like around that region, yeah. So um, when it first started to happen, I kind of got the inspiration from, I just thought literally I was on social media and, and flicked past a post and saw it. And then the more I looked into it, it's, uh, I think it's it's a little more about blood cancer. So like um, lymph, uh, lymphoma, yeah. lymphoma and, yeah. and, and they go through leukemia and all, and all that type of stuff. So I thought if I could do something so simple as shave my head and help raise some money to try and support that could help support a family in need or I just ever thought that if something ever happened to my kids or someone within my family unit and there's a foundation out there that might be able to help, why not use that kind of status I have right now because there's going to come a day where I probably won't be able to do those type of things. Yeah, it's bloody brilliant. And uh, now trusting Danny Levi with the Clippers, <laughs> how'd he do? Did he? Uh... He's our um, he's our resident hairdresser, our resident barber. So when all the boys are faded in, nice and good for the game, it's Danny Levi. It's all Danny Levi. Yeah, ten. Because the boys have been looking sharp this year. Yeah, ten dollars a cut. <laughs> oh, so he's making a bit of money out of it. Actually, I don't know if I can say that. Mike. I was going to say, is that that's under... third party? <laughs> is that under yeah. the table cash? Does that go under the cap? How does that work out? <laughs> I don't, I'll be getting receipts for them. Maybe uh, you know you could uh, maybe claim that back on tax, Danny Levi, if you're watching. Uh, mm. But yeah, you know, it's um, how much money did you raise for the World's Greatest Show? I ended up raising, I think, around the four thousand dollar mark. Nice, so, incredible. That's awesome. Minus the ten dollars, of course. You know? <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> came straight off. Can't imagine Danny's the kind Danny of guy did, give away freebies. No, he did it for free. Oh, yeah. Cool. So, but he was trying to leave me with a mullet and all type of things. <laughs> like halfway through it, he's like, "Can I please leave this dog?" And I was like, "No, mate, just do it properly, <laughs> please." Can I got to ask you also? You're wearing a quite a uh, like you know like Liam's got a a night sort of members hat on, but you've got a very special night's hat on. Can you walk us through that one? Yeah. So I just thought I was coming in here, so I wanted to give like a little bit of background on a few things that's inside the nights. It's like our baggy red and blue hat and it's got I don't know what camera to show to but yeah it's got like your debut number on it and you get given it uh, at the end of season presentation night and it's something special so I wear mine to golf days and stuff like that I think a lot of people <laughs> kind of just put theirs back in their satchel but um, yeah it's a good bit of gear and I'll probably pass it on to my kids and hopefully it goes through my family for a bit it's but. a bloody good golfing hat yeah. did it come with you know being obviously a spin off of the baggy green to come with a little piece of sandpaper or anything tucked up in there was it <laughs> <laughs> Any nah, sort no, of, no look, ball take this out there. on the field with you, <laughs> nah. see what can happen. <laughs> nah, um, but yeah, it was a pretty special moment on it when I went up on stage and I got to receive it. Obviously, one of my best friends, Lachlan Fitzgibbons. Fitzgibbon, he, he debuted the same same game that I did. But yeah, to be up there on stage with a few of the boys and get our baggy red and blues, it's, yeah, it's something That's special. That's amazing. That's not something I'd really thought about with Fitzgibbon coming on. So I guess over the last year or so that he's actually been in the first grade squad for so long well, debuting yeah, we, with yourself we debuted in the same round down there at um, hmm. Cogra against St. George and I'm actually ropeable so he's 261 and I'm 262 <laughs> but I started the game and he come on for about 8 minutes but still got a lower debut number than me and I'm filthy well, that is that. I guess Fitzgibbon comes before Ross in the alphabet. Is yeah, that it? That's, that's got to be. It's it. alphabetical. That's they how they do to, it. But... Look, we've said a lot of things <laughs> about the changed. NRL, but they need to get rid of the alphabetical listing <laughs> yeah. system, mate. It's tearing the game apart. Whoever goes on the field first. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. We're calling it right here. We'll get Todd on the phone. Todd Greenberg, he's a listener of the show. He listens yeah, every week. We'll get Todd on the phone. And look, we've been sticking by the alphabet for too long. It's yeah. an arbitrary construct. We don't need it. Rule the alphabet out. 
and let it play how it plays. Yeah, it's a restraint. The, what's the Greek alphabet? What's that? Can you you know Alpha else? and Omega. And, what and the, then beta, twenty four beta. Beta was beta. Yeah, yep. That's one. Alpha beta. Phi. I don't know. I was hoping you guys knew. And you knew some. You knew more than me. Yeah. <laughs> but i got to ask you, um, obviously, we just come off of the uh, round nine clash against the Rabbits at home. Uh, didn't go the way uh, we, we'd all hoped, but at 36-18. Uh, but, you know, four tries to six. Um, but I'm going to throw it straight back to, to you, Nathan. What do you feel like? How do you think it all went uh, out there? Oh, I just feel as if um, we, didn't, we didn't start very well, to be fair. We, we kind of um, gave away penalties, gave away cheap field position, fell off a couple of tackles when we had a chance to defend our first set. Um, we probably weren't quite as good as we could have been and we let in a couple of early tries and then uh, fought really, really hard to get back into the arm wrestle and then to get the ascendancy and then um, I, think we th- I think we scored three three tries straight going into half time and or maybe, yeah, three tries straight coming into half time and we were over the line there and had an unfortunate event happen and then they had a seven tackle set and I think there's a few statistics out. I'm not much of a statistic guy but... Uh, generally teams score off the back of seven tackle sets because you get a fair bit of field position and they scored a try there and you got people like the Burgess brothers and Cody Walker and Adams Reynolds and Gags is there and the other people you don't need to invite into the game and kind of we, we took the foot, foot off the throttle and yeah, couldn't get couldn't, couldn't get back into it. That's right, Liam. What, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, I thought there was still quite a few positives out of it. It was a great game of rugby league to watch. As a footy fan watching the game, it was really good. Very few errors. I think South completed for 94%. The Knights... We only completed 75, I think. But still, there wasn't a, n- a huge number of errors. It wasn't riddled with errors as a game. And that momentum shift in the second half of the first half, you mentioned there, Rossi, the guys looked really good. They looked great. The forwards are working really hard. Um, yeah, I. while it wasn't a, a great result, there was still, again, positives, which were taking away from all these games, which maybe in the past few years might not have taken any positives out. But there was still plenty to like about the side in this yeah, game. In previous years, we wouldn't have been able to get back into that arm wrestle and get to, to 12-14, having missed every goal just before first half. So, like, like I know it's not years past. It's in, I think it just shows how far we've come. and We've still got a long way to go, don't get me wrong, but it shows that the recruitment that Darren Mooney and, and Nathan Brown are doing and the players that we're bringing into the club are players that want to compete and we're all players that are striving to, I guess, try and get that premiership again without being too... Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Touch no. wouldn't pray to God, boys. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, but obviously, you know, there was a bit talked about through the week regarding uh, the goal kicking. Uh, how do you go behind the ball, the goal kicking wise? You know, surely, you know, you're a man of the game. You're a bit of, you know, the work. But I'm sure you've got a. I've actually tossed it up again uh, this week. I'll let Brownie know if he needs you. I'm ready to go. But I think well, Brownie does listen to the show, so yeah, he'll, he'll, be, uh, he'll, he'll be getting it here first. I think um, Kalen's going to take the reins again. But um, look, Kenny's normally a a really good goal kicker. If you watch them both at training, they train a fair bit on their strike of the ball. And uh, I don't know what happened on the uh, on the field the past couple of weeks, but they generally, you know... It's it, a tough it, thing. It, it's like golf, you know what I mean? Get the yips and you're done. Uh, I've had the yips for about 20 years. So, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a tough... You're born th- with the yips I was born now. with the yips. So <laughs> it's, 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 a tough to go, it's a tough thing to bring it back because it's all, you know, it's all mental. You have your preparation. It's all the same. Uh, and then you know, things just aren't going right, and you just happen to be doing it in front of you know twenty thousand people live, and uh, probably you know half a million on the television. I, so think I think there's a lot of pressure involved in it, but then yeah. not just that you're throwing fatigue. So if you if you just run eighty meters or even forty meters, it's quite quite tiring, and then you've got to go through your your process of what you're meant to do to kick a goal, but you might be breathing a little bit heavier, you could be a little bit unfocused, and then it's just that little little glimpse. And so. I feel like it's been a tough year for Knights kickers, especially with the way. KP's playing out on the fringes. A lot of our tries are scored out wide. Now, any kicker worth his salt is still going to have trouble from out wide, but he might get a few gimmies in front. But it seems like most of the kicks... Some that... people are missing gimmies in front. But see, <laughs> see point. Boren? Yeah. Boren's was terrible. DCE missed one from in front on the weekend. Yeah. There's some so, <laughs> absolute gems going going either side of the post. It's amazing. I always thought, you know, not being at any sort of athletic ability at all, but like I always thought... There's something about those just off the ones you're expected to get. I feel like you, there's way more pressure on there. Uh, just the expectation, like, oh, that's going to be six points. And then when it's not, it's like, you know, I'm sure you'd wear it a bit more. Once from the sideline, if you if you sink it, you're sort of like, well, that's a bonus, you yeah. know. But, re- you know, ones that are just off center, that, it, you know, you have you know a huge amount of pressure on you just to, just to make sure that you're converting. And obviously in that game, it showed that uh, how much those points would have meant uh, at the end of the game uh, with possibly another three conversions. 
Uh, it's huge. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but Liam, we like to also give a, a hats off to a player that we thought did particularly well uh, on uh, for round nine. Uh, do you have a hats off for this week, Liam? I do. And it's one we've given a number of hats off throughout the year. And Rossi, you know, playing on the edges, you must see the impact he has. SKD. He's been great this year, and he had another barnstormer. Ran for 216 metres. He's got his two tries, three line breaks. He was just everywhere. He was working his ass off, as he does. He's been so great at that since he's come to the club. Mm. And with the work of himself, yourself, um, Kenny... We'll talk more about Kenneth a bit later. Yeah, but yeah. his hard work out of the red zone was still very good and allowed, when we finally did get a bit of ball, there was some you know, good work out of the end to get our forwards a bit of a chance up further down the field. So for me, SKD just, he had another blinder. He's been brilliant this year with a few errors, but we know that. Yeah, rocks we and love diamonds. it. Rocks and diamonds. He's, he's going to happen, <laughs> but there's so many more diamonds than rocks coming out of SKD these days. It's just wonderful. That's something he's, he's trying to work on a lot is the consistency of his carries. I think because he's a bit um, gangly and he does have a, a late jink and stuff like that, uh, it could the running style could potentially uh, affect if people get their hands and stuff in there, but it's something that he is working extremely hard on. But as you see on the weekend, like I wouldn't want to change that running style anyway because it comes, change com, it comes, comes off his right and runs 80 metres, you know, and we score off the back of it. So um, keep doing what you're doing, Skidzy. Yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. been doing it since day dot, his first game at the club. He, yeah. He's just been doing really well. He's, he's a winner. He wants to win, which yeah. is good. And they're players you want to play with. Uh, the, the, the stats that we've been seeing from our resident stat man, the, uh, Josh Spiegelman, the Hebrew Hammer. <laughs> Is the uh, the hammer has uh, been showing us all year that uh, it's been so much of the legwork getting out of the red zone has been from the, uh, from you know the backs and uh, whether it be uh, it's a centre wing combination getting us out of the, of the tough stuff um, when when we're getting pinned uh, you know yourself uh, included a lot of the time uh, making well over a hundred metres running wise how does that affect you coming in like uh, attacking wise at the other end of the field when you're expected to uh, come up with the, the chockies as well. I guess that's just our, our job. Our forwards do a tremendous amount of work in, in defense, and we do have big, strong, powerful outside backs. So we want to try and play to our strengths. And, and if we can go my, uh, Kenny into myself, into SKD, into Sione, like that's pretty gets you on the front foot most of the time. So we try and link up as much as we can and get off the back of each other. And it does mean that our forwards don't have to get back quite as far. So they can kind of have a little bit of breather for those first four tackles and then ramp up in D. So yeah. it's like that shift, I guess. You know, so it's like you, you work for the first three and then you know, or the first two, and then the fourths come back in. You take that breather and what and sort of prepare yourself more for an attacking, uh, attacking bomb or something like that. Is that the? Yeah, we well, see. So depending on how how well that, that they defend, if, if you get out around the forty within the first two or three carries, and yeah, you get back to your your position on the field and you want to start playing some football. But there are times where the forwards are buggered because they've made, you know, they make 30 to 40 tackles a game. I think I, I make somewhere between 15 to 20. So it's almost double the workload that they do uh, tackling-wise in the middle. But they don't look as good, Rossi. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, coming from playing in the backs myself in my junior years, I've, yeah. I've let us down over the last probably half decade, but you'll notice the difference. Naggy grew up playing, playing in the forwards. forwards and, see, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's aged me, you yeah. see. So that's why, you know, I think the onus is on them to make more tackles because they just don't... They haven't got all of this going it's on. It's the moneymaker. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Who was your hats off, Nagy? My hats off, I give it to Sione. I think, uh, is it Sione or Sione? Sione, Sione. Sione. It's, Sione. Best, it's his best game of the year for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's been, uh, um, you know, some also some commentators as well that have thrown a bit of Sione on the on the end of it as well. So I thought I'd go with that. But Sione, Sione Matiasi, he's, um, he, yeah, he, he, you know, I, I was being probably a bit critical of him uh, playing back in the centres, you know, and that learning curve that he's gone through. But you forget again how young he is you know what i mean like he's been around for so long um that you start to think you know the expectations are quite high but um you know he's 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 having good games more consistently and that game uh, especially marking up against gi of all players uh, you know uh possibly you know a future immortal like in gi in that center position where he's so dangerous uh defensively he was really strong and uh in attack you know making that break late in the game uh, just running running hard i think it was great i think what a lot of people don't understand in sioni's case as well is that uh, he went from being a center where you're a li- you carry a little bit less less weight, and then they went through a whole preseason of putting all this weight on him, so changing his whole body composition, moving into the back row where you've got to have a whole different mindset. That your your defensive movements are completely different. You're in at four man rather at two man. So a lot of there's a lot of um, variables that are happening. You're tackling a lot more middle type people rather than people with feet, 
and then you come back to this preseason like I oh, actually see only we need you to play back in the centers so now we need to strip you down weight again we need to start getting your your, your foot movement back to outside back um, type of uh, more versatile yeah, sort of sequence. Running, yeah. so, so you can't just come up and jam someone as much you can there, there's times that you do go and jam but there's also times where you've got to steady your feet and be able to go both directions but what? changing weights and stuff like that does take its toll yeah and I don't think a lot of people see that. They just say, oh, he's been moved into the yeah. back row and then back out of the centres. They don't see how ridiculously specific rugby league is these days. Kilo, I think there's an eight kilo difference in what he was playing at oh, the wow. back row to now what he's back at in the centres. Which is huh? huge. Yeah, yeah. He, would, he would have to really watch the uh, watch the diet, I imagine, come back in this preseason. Not to mention he all the cardio. Looks, yeah, yeah, he still looks ripped as <laughs> He's only gorgeous. Yeah. It's amazing. Now, Rossi, you've worn a beautiful hat for the evening. Did you have any hats off from on the field, mate, to anyone who we might not have seen the efforts who just blew it away? <sighs> Kalen Ponga again. <laughs> well, yeah, we've got a bit of a rule around here. It's the, it's the Pong. That's the, uh, the yeah. sound of this uh, every week. It's unbelievable. And uh, probably the moment, the biggest moment that I want to take my hats off to him for is the courageous catch over Angus Crichton. Yeah. You know, it's, put his body on the line, come up trumps, eyes on the ball at all times, and then ends up running 40 metres off the back of it. He's a 20-year-old kid with a levelled head, and I just think the sky's the limits for him. Probably the biggest thing that Kalen's doing good at the moment is, uh, even though that he knows he's talented, he works extremely hard, where... A lot of people that are talented in any sp- any aspect of life, well, I guess they can uh, lose that desire to continue to work hard, and he's definitely not like that. Ross, you've been around the game uh, such a long time, uh, playing, you know, uh, whether it be in Australia and Queensland overseas. Um, is, have you? Is there someone like a Kalen that you've seen coming to the game uh, the way he has injected himself into this side before? Is it not not at such a young age? I don't think I've ever seen anyone play as composed or level-headed at a young age as him uh, I've played with some pretty calm characters before a guy named John O'Ford that I played with over in France he's very his um, demeanour on the field is a lot like Kalen's it's it's pretty chilled and nothing really bothers him but in terms of uh, footwork and vision and speed and skill no it's and a- it's great to see him as well since pierce has gone down he's really taken more of a leadership role yeah. he's stepping up taking a few of those kicks in general play He's, we've got him for four years. Yeah, so brilliant. This is amazing. Isn't it fantastic. Um, it's wonderful. We're, we're going to take a quick halftime break and we're going to come back and discuss uh, very much that piece injury and uh, everything else in the justice. Uh, hang tight, guys. All right. Now, First i got to write down my sack questions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. that, was, that was all right? Yeah, that was awesome. All right, so I'm here with Abby and BJ. A very frustrating loss. What did you guys make of the game? Look, it was a tough game and I feel like we did well you know, up in the first half, halfway through the second, until we dropped the ball over the line and the boys lost it. But you know what? It's a tough game and we can move forward from here. Watching CO drop the ball was, was pretty tough. Would you say it was a turning point in the game? Oh, 100%. But, I mean, you know what? It happens. It does happen. And tell me, were you guys cheering Gagai or booing Gagai tonight? I, I'm a Gagai fan, but I... It's hard to cheer when he's in the opposition team. It's hard to have those tough feelings, isn't it? You know, you know, if you could go back and change two or three things, it'd be a different night completely. I mean, he left the nights for the right reasons, but it's it's tough to watch him come back in someone's other someone's colours. Oh, of course, and I mean, you know what? You got to do what you got to do, but at the end of the day, hey, was that the bat? Yeah. Yeah. End of the end yeah. of the day, Gagai made his choice, but it's okay. we can make our choice not to support him anymore. Totally. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers. Thank, Thank you. Very you. Much. Thanks. Thanks. Gotcha. Have a good night. Okay. You recording? I'm here with Ethan. Ethan, what'd you make of the game? Oh, it's all right. Um, they should have done better next time, but the top six anyway. Because who cares if the, we win? We win, but I hope the Jets win tomorrow night. I'm definitely hoping the Jets get a win. Was it was it a frustrating loss? What to make of Co dropping the ball over the line? Oh, I shouldn't do that. Like they should practice it more and more. Yeah, but it was definitely a turning point. I mean, did you find it a frustrating game? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I thought they performed quite well tonight, but yeah, definitely uh, Co losing the ball was a turning point. Yeah. Like, Sean Kennedy, that was pretty good. He's scored two tries. Yeah, he had a big effort. Yeah, big effort did. tonight, the two tries, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for your time, mate. Thank Cheers. You. I don't know whether to be excited or terrified for my life, 
Uh, but I'm speaking to Tina. Apparently, she's South Sydney till she dies. Absolutely. Excuse me. <laughs> Tina, hey, a great win for for your boys. Absolutely. Well, no doubt. We, you know, we smash you guys every time we come up here. So there's no no different. Them's fighting words, Tina. Them's fighting words. But I mean, hey, that's that's just them's the way it goes. You guys played well, so can't really complain. Paid the ref. Paid the ref. Apparently, apparently the. Now, what did you make of Dane Gagai's game? His first game back in the Hunter since heading your way? Oh, look, he's been playing well. Um, you know, I think, you know, he's, he's joined the team quite well. He's, he's slipping really well there, so, you know, he's a good bloke. We like him. Now, uh, at, at the Joust, what we like to do is uh, a hats off for someone who's played really well for the Knights and a hats on for someone who didn't play so well. Who would you give your hats off to for the Bunnies? Who, who played absolutely out of their, their skin tonight? Cookie. Of course. Uh, Damien Cook, hands down. Is he the New South Wales hooker? Absolutely. And if he's not, there's issues. Cook for the hook? Absolutely. What about a hats on? Are you willing to give one? Uh, no comment. Well played. Well played. Tina, congratulations. Thanks, mate. Good win. Cheers. Thanks, guys. I'm here with Kane. What did you make of the game? Did you enjoy the game? Yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty good. You're a night supporter, would you say? Yeah. A little bit. So, a bit of a frustrating performance then? Oh, yeah, a little bit. A bit angry. A bit angry, yeah. So, uh, were you disappointed to watch the Knights lose tonight? Well, they played all right, but you just didn't get it at the end. What did you make of CO dropping the ball over the line? Oh, no, it's not good enough, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fr frustrating moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Right, th thanks for your time, Kane. Oh, Cheers. Thanks. Um, do you want to talk about the game with us? Fuck yeah, we do. Yes. Right. Come on, boys. Come on. Yeah, jump Come in, jump in. in. All right. What's your name, mate? Carlo. Carlo. Get Carlo. in here. Come on, mate. And Thor. Thor. Is this like Carlo and Thor. TV or? Oh, you guys the joust. joust. The joust. Yeah. Fuck you, the joust. <laughs> we love the joust. Woo! Big fans. Uh, I hope you were recording that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, love the joust. Carlo and Thor are here now. Carlo, you, I'm guessing if you love the joust, you're oh, a big bunnies fan. No, no, no. Oh, and he zipped up. Oh, he was chilly. A, oh. I want to tell you, cool, you know, cool down. So I went no, up, sorry. No, fair enough. All right, there we go. Uh, what'd you make it tonight? Ken Seo, um, enjoy reserve grade next week. Uh, as soon as he dropped that ball over the line, the crowd just died. We we're all, I think everyone's crowd sitting around. Crowd died, team died. Everyone we sitting well. around us were just like jumping on their phone going, well, how, uh, how quickly do I have to get here for the Jets game tomorrow? So, um, yeah, it was just that was basically the up and down of it. That was the end of the game. I can't emphasize this enough. We did not ask these guys to say that. Uh, it, it appears that is the absolute talking point of this evening. Um, so, what are the positives to take out of tonight's performance? Kalen Ponga still looks good. Ponga is still playing well. Uh, yeah, Sione seemed to be solid. He scored a good try. Doesn't Sione, Sione has managed to sort of slip off back into the centres and he's sort of done a solid and quiet job and no one really noticed that, yeah, he's the youngest ever kangaroo and he's, um, if you'll pardon my French, a fucking gun. Well, I still think he was dotted for losing the captaincy. I don't understand why he lost, lost the captaincy. I thought he was still go, doing a good job when we were fucking shit. And I thought it was, I just thought it was a bit hard on him that, you know, we, we might be actually performing this year and... They sort of like took it off him. And so I, I still rate him and I think he does a, a great job for us. And um, he's such a, he's a big unit. Like he's a massive unit for a centre. So he needs to play himself back into position and um, um, or back into the centre position. So, yeah, I, I still think he's, you know, one of our most sort of valuable players. So, yeah, I'm a big fan. And what about Lockie Fitz? That kid... Gun. Loves gun. the try line. Gun. Absolute gun. I was, I was actually saying to Thor when he, when, he, when he scored, I was like, I reckon Big Lockie is just running around going, I've got to make sure I'm on the outside of Kalen every time he's within the 20 metres with that ball because that's the way they sort of set up the play. You can, you can tell they don't want to kick and risk the seven tackle set. So Lockie's just like, if Kalen's within 10, 15 metres of that try line, it's lucky time. It's 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 my time to shine. So yeah, I'm a massive fan. And um, do they still do? They don't do city country anymore. That's no. I think it's it's it, they gave yeah. It got its last well, rights last season. If, if they were still doing it this year, he'd get a country. Um, Mate, give him a New sure. South Wales jersey. Uh, 
I'm, I'm done picking New South Wales teams. <laughs> I'll just be happy if we, you know, if we, I'll pick anyone. I'll support even Roosters players as long as we sort of win a series this year. Yeah, love him. Yeah, all about him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Gents, no worries. Next week, Panthers. We're gonna we're gonna put him to the sword. Um, look, I'm a lot less confident about it um, after that result than um, than I would have been beforehand. But look, I think well, you, you can't concede 12 points off your first two sets and then be running around going, "Oh yeah, we've still got this." Like at the end of the day, we, we were 12 points against it, for, you know, before we'd even sort of touched the ball or uh, you know really had any any proper possession. Um, then that 10 point turnaround. You can't just keep saying, oh, I'll get rid of the silly mistakes and then, you know, we'll, we'll be all right. Like, those are major turning points that contending teams don't, like, they just don't concede. So, you'd like to think that we'll do a lot better next week, but, you know, we'll see what happens in seven days. Well, fingers crossed, eh? Absolute Cheers, gents. No, thank you so much. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, go the joust. <laughs> all right, I'm here with some Bunny supporters. Yeah. They uh, comprehensively beat the Knights this evening. Uh, what did you make of the game? Do you like, obviously like the Bunnies' performance? Oh, it was unreal. Best game I've ever seen. Best game of the season. I wouldn't say that, but we won. Yeah, <laughs> unreal. Yeah, Go with the Bunnies! So it wasn't the best game of the season. Like, did you think there was, obviously you won by quite a few points, but yeah. how'd you like the overall performance though? Yeah, it's pretty good. Green, you, Inglis, playing the best games of his season lately. Okay. That's about it. That's uh, about it. Damien Cook. Damien yeah, Cook. Cook. Oh, Cook's Cook. been unreal. Best season yeah. he's had. Unreal. Is he going to play for the Blues, do you reckon? Oh, I hope so. If he no. plays for the Blues, Blues will win. He can't. No doubt. He won't, he won't play for the Blues. <laughs> he's playing out of his skin, though. You got Pete, Pete's prob probably injured, so yeah. he's probably the next choice. He's got to be in it. He's got to be in it. You've got to be in it to win it, I reckon. I don't know. He's got to. Go with the bunnies! Go with the bunnies! Look, his, his speed off the ruck's pretty phenomenal, too. He just makes yeah. easy meters, doesn't he? Those scoots are unreal. Scoots are unreal. The scoots. Yeah. That's what he does. The old scoots. Woo! <laughs> So the team played well. What did you make of Gagai playing against his old club? Are you guys happy, obviously happy to have Gagai at your club? Absolutely. He's been playing a good season. He's been going really good. It's yes. what the Rabbitohs needed. He's a class player. He is. The Knights have been going good. I will, I will give it to you. But oh, Rabbitohs are just up stages, up class years, up one years. Yeah, we were our class tonight. And there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Comprehensive win. Thanks, guys. Too easy. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Go the Rabbits. <laughs> yeah, you're a Knights supporter? No! Oh, that's alright, that's alright. What's your name, sorry? Clive. Clive? Yeah. I'm here with Clive. Clive, what did you make of tonight's game? Oh, it was a deadly game, eh? With the Rabbitohs. All the best in my darling day. Lily, you're right. They played well tonight. I'm oh, guaranteed. Yeah, Rabbitohs, yeah. yeah. Good, good win. Oh, it's a good win. Yeah. Always a good win. Yeah, yeah. It's always a good win to win. <laughs> best of luck for the rest of the season, buddy. Cheers. So. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. What would you say was the most disappointing aspect of the performance? When that man dropped the ball over the line. <laughs> turning, turning point of the game. I'm sorry, so, but very sad. Now, the, the, the gents at the GS have been known to have a hats off for someone who performed well. And, and let's, let's be honest, I think there's always positives to take away. Um, what would you say is your hats off? What was a, a great performance for the evening? Um, the try in the corner up here, but I'm not sure who it was. I think, I think the, uh, they come back in the, the first half. You know, yeah. And then they come back from the second half, unfortunately dropped the ball and, and the game, I think that was a turning point for the game. You know, so. I'm devastated to ask but I might as well what about hats on someone who didn't perform so well alright alright if we take Ken Seo out of it the man who dropped the ball apart from him who do we put our hats I'm not going to comment <laughs> <laughs> I think the team weren't generally there tonight you know so um, I think they need a bit more urgency and um, uh, they need to turn up for the game that's, that's about it that's about it okay I'm here with a bunny supporter Damon, were you happy with the Bunnies' performance tonight? Yeah, extremely happy, man. Go to the Bunnies, eh? <laughs> <laughs> the Knights are a bit, bit off, off the money tonight. Uh, were you happy with the Bunnies' performance overall, though? Yeah, extremely happy, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who was your standout performer for the Bunnies tonight? Uh, probably Damien Cook. Yeah. Do you think he's going to play for the Blues? Uh, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. yeah he's he's def he definitely got the form, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely, definitely. He'll get there. 
He's he's pretty pretty quick out of uh, dummy half. Yeah, I think he's one of the best. In the yeah. NRL. Yeah. Well, let's hope he gets there. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the Blues need a good hooker. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much, mate. Cheers. That question's up, and we're good. All right. <coughs> Welcome <coughs> back to the second half of the Joust. Now, uh, we're just chatting about how after this, we're probably going to go to the uh, the Commonwealth Hotel for uh, maybe a bit of Moorish Mondays. Bit of Moorish Mondays, put our footy tips in. Yeah, as we always do on a Monday. But you're saying you might be going there on a Tuesday? I'll be, I'll be going there tomorrow night for dinner. The Commie does... Yeah, the Commonwealth Hotel does the uh, one of the best pub feeds in town, that's for sure. And if you want fine dining, they can do that as well. How do you go on the tips, Rossi? Are you are you guys allowed to tip? Being... We're actually not allowed to tip. Not allowed to tip. That so because it's, like, it it's, it's, it's yeah. inside information, we're not allowed ah. to super coach or anything like that. But huh. um, but if you were allowed to tip, do you think you'd probably be tipping at the Commonwealth Hotel? <laughs> I'd be going into the Commonwealth, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> Connie that works there wanted, wanted to get me uh, as like their guest tipper last year, but it got shut down. But yeah. Want to have a beer? Want to watch the footy? You go down the Conway, that's for sure. Speaking of the Supercoach, you guys obviously can't play it. Is there much talk within the team about <laughs> who's killing on Supercoach? Who's getting <laughs> price rises? No, <laughs> no way. Not <laughs> even one one player will have a great game. Yeah, boys got twenty grand on me this week. <laughs> Never. <laughs> no, nah, Brownie would absolutely have our head if we walked <laughs> if we walked into video and Brownie's like, "How do you reckon you went this week again?" <laughs> Went up 20k. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't be a fan. Nah, you'd be like, yeah, you could go out there. I think, uh, well, there you go. Anyone talking about Supercoach in the dressing room would probably get three and a half frowning brownies. Frowning brownies (laughs) is anyone also ranked. Three and a half frowning brownies to anyone Supercoaching in the dressing room. Which is uh, is huge, really, as far as the rating system goes. Now, Liam, um, we have a very special giveaway that we're uh, we're about to uh, release here. Now, there was talks, when we were with Isaac Butterfield, there was talks of... Uh, the how the Henny Penny jersey was uh, was many of our favourites, and uh, now we have a Henny Penny Knights jersey that we picked up uh, from the ground, and you could win the Henny Penny Knights jersey retail price of one hundred and thirty dollars. And uh, really, yeah, 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 that's a bargain. At twice the price well, that would still be a bargain. You can get it for free just with a few clicks, or by subscribing to the GS on YouTube. That's just hit that button right there, subscribe. So jump on YouTube. And uh, click subscribe, and you go into the draw for the uh, Knights jersey. We'll be giving that away in three weeks' time. What was your favourite Knights jersey throughout time, Rossi? My favourite Knights jersey throughout the time, I'm going to say, and this is probably only because it's sentimental to me, but it was the first Nines jersey that I played in. So that's my favourite. Was that the diamond one? No, no, I was the second year. Ah, okay. So it was like... Um, it had all the it was like, like yeah. parabolas and stuff on it. I, remember, oh, was a be- I love the Nines jersey. I remember watching that game and I remember you uh, coming out and playing and I thought, who's this guy? I didn't know, I hadn't seen you before yeah. and I was just like, and it, it, like the, the sort of, uh, just uh, like the aggressive nature of it all was just uh, like you, you were there on the ball and then you, uh, I think you, you found some space as well and I was like, I was like, where's this guy? Where's this guy come from? And it was... Just uh, been it was lo- a- yeah, loitering around in reserve grade for a few <laughs> years. <laughs> but no, it was, it was amazing. I remember I thought, I thought, oh, that guy, you know. My, and then, but then uh, you, I think it took a while before uh, first grade. You had an injury, didn't you? No, no. Nah, nah, so they had it. Oh, I actually, um, yeah, I broke my jaw, but we had a coup and uh, James McManus there. So oh, pretty, yeah. pretty long serving wingers and I didn't get my start until uh, Chockey got injured. And then, yeah, I got my start on the left mm. wing. Yeah, I think... Um, but actually, speaking of, I've got to say, uh, going back again before um, the the Rabbits, we played Manly and uh, down at Brookvale. And we have to touch on this because it was such a an iconic clash. Uh, you know, we obviously just got over uh, with one point in round one. And to go down to Brookvale uh, after losing uh, Pierce. Uh, and Ellie, do you have some footage for us um, uh, of, of yourself uh, when it's locked up? Cherry Evans converts, makes it 12 all. Isn't it beautiful? I've watched that. That's about my 25th <laughs> viewing of that since uh, since the evening in question. Can I can I ask? Obviously, with the Pierce injury uh, and coming into that game, and then where it was, uh, you know, how, how did it feel going out there? What what was going through your head in that stage? No, nah, so at that stage of the game, or before the game, or yeah, were you right, coming up to it, or walk us everything, everything. Yeah. So. We're lucky enough now to have some experienced players, which let us know that we can't let the whole Mitchell Pierce being injured rest solely on the shoulders of Jack Cogger, and that we all need to share the load as individual players to try and uh, limit the impact. And so we just went out there and we thought, if, um, if, if you've played a good game last weekend, add a little bit more to that and help carry the load of what the loss was. And 
that that's a, that was a walkthrough. That wasn't. I didn't do anything special there. That was Kalen did a lot of the work. Kalen did a lot line. of the work, but <laughs> a lot more of the work was uh, coming support back home, mate. You've got the try scoring bracelet from the young one. Yeah, yeah. And it's put you straight through the game. I'm still wearing it. Listeners have I a wear look it at every that. Week, that so. is the bracelet. Now, um, which of the young ones whipped that up for? So Zaya made it for me, my son. So that's why. why so my tries now go from a Z to a W. So Zaya and Willow, but um, Lockie once again, Lockie Fitzgibbon. Uh, he every time we go out for breakfast or he comes over or whatever we're doing, he always reminds my son of how many games it had been since I scored a try, <laughs> and it was and was reminding Lockie. Um, he's like, "Oh, well, I scored again, Zaya. <laughs> how good am I going?" And um, so um, Zaya ended up scoring seven tries the week before playing for South, four years old in the under sixes, and he's like, "Daddy, why didn't you score seven tries?" And I was like, "Well, mate, I try to score seven tries. It's just not quite happening at the moment." There's a and, few large, well-paid men preventing yeah, you from doing exactly. so. Uh... And then um, I got home from uh, training on a Thursday, and um, he had a he had a, he's like, "Hey, Daddy," and I was like, "Hey, Zaya, what's going on, mate?" He's like, oh, "I made you something," and I was like, "What have you made me?" He's like, "I've made you a, a try scoring bracelet," and I was Aww. like, "That's so nice of you." He goes, "It's going to help you score a try," and it did. And it so did. I'm gonna, I wear it all the time now, so hopefully I'll get more tries. So has Brownie and Moon's got Zaya on the radar yet? Have they got him on the payroll? Like, does that come under the cap if we get Zaya making? Bracelets for all the players. Does that fit sit under the cap? Or I think I think a few of the boys have requested them. Eh? So, um, can we, yeah, can you possibly chalk out about seventeen of them each? Uh, you know, and we we can really get these uh, tries rolling in. But we noticed that you do do the uh, is it the Z to the W? The, the Z to the W. Z yeah. to the W. Well, we're thinking because you know that's obviously your family. But uh, you know, here at the Joust, we treat you as sort of our family. So have you thought about maybe doing like a, a, a Z to a W to a to a J? To a J. A J would be quite difficult. How would I do it? Well, oh, maybe, like a fishing hook. Yeah, like, like a fishing that. Hook. Like, it might like be. It might be sure. much to ask. It <laughs> might take some choreography. You know what, guys? Next time I get a double, I'll throw up a J for the Joust. Hey, here we go. We have the official that we look out for the And the J. Joust curse begins again. <laughs> <laughs> We've cursed a few people in our time, so you don't want to be making promises, Russ. I know, yeah. And also, speaking of making promises, uh, there was, we had a guest on a few weeks ago. Uh, that was uh, that was talking about uh, was talking about the Knights and was talking about how maybe to 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 elevate uh, you know uh, how everyone's feeling about the the team and really getting uh, people on board. I think we got some footage there. Uh, I think from Isaac Butterfield, Elliot. Rugby league right now is screaming for Conor McGregor. It's screaming yes. for someone to go out there and just take it by the balls yeah. and sell themselves. I'm looking at you, Nathan Ross. <laughs> yeah, we're so are we. Wouldn't it be amazing to see Rossi, just for an example, like go on Twitter or Instagram and he's going to go and play against who's a winger from a side that people don't like? George Tafua. George Tafua. Imagine if a couple of weeks Newcastle plays Manly and Rossi gets on Twitter and says, hey, George, I'm going to take your head off. <laughs> are you I'd telling me you wouldn't tune in to watch that? For it. Now, should Rossi go full Conor McGregor? We've heard <laughs> Ivan Cleary, our next week opponent, talking about everyone has to get on the bus. Do you think Rossi goes out to Tamworth a couple of days early and throws a dolly Dolly's through the bus through, window? Yeah. Throw something through the bus <laughs> window. Throw something through the bus window. <laughs> <laughs> Shake them up. Shake them up. You, you know next time the team's getting on a bus, they're like, Jesus, Rossi, you're in? Like, you know, and then you're in their they're head. <laughs> if he's going to throw a dolly at us when we're on a bus, we're trying to be protected. Imagine what he's going to do on the field where we're allowed to do anything. It's terrifying. Nathan Ross, this is me calling you out. Get it done. <laughs> Uh, right of reply to Rossi. Yeah, look, <laughs> I, I just don't think it's within my nature to kind of do that. Eh? I'm more of like the fun-loving. Like I get out there and I'm fierce and, and stuff. I oh, will try and be fierce, so I don't want to be. Yeah. Um, but no, nah, like I'm, I'm more of like a, a jokes to laugh about type thing, and I'm pretty sure. I don't know if the NRL will be too happy if I go around <laughs> throwing dollies. I don't make the same kind of pay packets for the NRL that uh, um, Connor does for the yeah. UFC, but. Um, that's all right. He's still, as far as the Jets are concerned, he's still the baddest man in the NRL. So that's uh, <laughs> bad, bad Nathan Ross. Yeah. Nathan We're Ross. writing a song. We're currently workshopping it, so we'll have that ready soon. <laughs> We're penning it. Can I get a verse? Yeah. Uh, Can I come into it? Sing yeah. bad, no. <laughs> bad Nathan Ross. Yeah, bad, bad Leroy Brown. Leroy Brown, yeah, yeah. but about Nathan Ross. But, but we'll, Nathan Ross. We'll, uh, we'll we'll show you when it's uh, in, in draft <laughs> form. Sweet. We've got the boys from Narmat working on it as well. But uh, but now I've got to ask, especially because there's been so many changes going through this side, uh, and now obviously this year um, senior player going through uh you're part of the leadership group uh and you know obviously a very successful start of the season uh with mitchell pierce and losing pierce long term um you know you, you were talking about before um ha- but how does that affect the leadership group you know taking taking someone like mitchell pierce out well he's still in the leadership group so he's still there for all the conversations and stuff like that he's probably taking more of a guidance role for the younger halves at this point in time so 
Uh, I said it a couple of weeks ago. What has been our curse is turning into our blessing with uh, the fact that we're being able to blood some young talent. So we've got a lot of people playing first grade at a young age that probably um, wouldn't be entitled to have as many games that they have played. And they just started to shine because of it. So they're finding themselves in situations on the field where someone their same age might have only played three or four first grade games would go to almost go to water or not what to do but you have a look at our young fellas they've got you know 20 30 40 games under the belt and some of them were uh, very tough lessons over the past few years but these kids that are coming through now you look at the Safidi boys um, Mitch Barnett Josh King's yet to get a start this year but once he comes back in um, Luke Yates you've got all these young guys who who are battle hardened the hitman Yates as we said from that Tigers game in uh, in Tamworth I tell you what he's putting some shots on he's just, incredible he was and uh, it's, yeah as uh, you know, even players like Sam Stone and, and uh, yeah you know, Stoney yeah Stoney's another just, one Corey just, Dennis is still down there Corey oh, Dennis a lot, you know Nick Manny's a kid to keep an eye out for he's probably um, one of the most natural athletes I've ever seen, like in terms of speed, jumps high, he's pretty, he's, yeah, he's yeah. a good football he's got player. A, yeah, I've got like a bit of a man crush on him, but um, no, nah, he's, he's, uh, he's someone to keep an eye. He hurt, he hurt his ankle in uh, round one. In yeah, round grade. 13, he's back, is it? Hopefully even hopefully even sooner than that, but um, he's a person that will definitely be pushing the first graders that's for sure and that's it as a Knights fan who's been watching the last few years it's easy to forget that so much of the core of this team are still young fellas yeah. you know we've grown accustomed to Safidis Fitzgibbons we assume they're much older players they're much more experienced the 24, players 24 25 year olds you it's, know yeah 20, it's unbelievable some are 21 Kalen's 20 I heard on the radio no on the I was watching the replay today of the South game and they mentioned that Sione's 21 I'd forgotten that yeah. I yeah. thought he was in his mid 20s no, yeah. no, no. so we got I think that's the thing for Newcastle yeah. fans to remember these are young blokes but they've finally got the you know the experienced heads around like yourself guys who played a bit more got a few years and experience that you know it's a good time. It's, it's a great time, good time it's, to be a Knights it's fan. It's a great time to be a Knights fan, now, especially when you mentioned Josh King there. Um, I thought he had a really solid last, uh, especially the back end of last mm. year. Really started looking like a, a solid front row first grader. Uh, you know, he just has this style about you know a real good hit, drive, drop, like and finds his guts every time. And I think especially after uh, you know we lost uh, Corbin Sims, I thought he was uh, a perfect player to come in. But you know, obviously with the Ford stocks that we uh, that that you know currently have with uh, Chris Hyington, Hing Ding 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 Ding, as well as uh, you know. Lilliman and the, the the twin towers, the Safiti boys. It's uh, it's you know obviously it's hard to get uh, a shot in, but when we, you know if there was any injuries or, or you know when it's his time, as you said, it's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. But what it does what it does do now is it creates competition within the playing group. So if someone's having three or four bad games, then bang your spot's gone. You're not in first grade anymore because you got someone who can deliver in reserve grade. So if they're playing good games in reserve grade, then that that's their right to step up. And so we know now that. Um, you know, if you've, if you've been around, you might be entitled to one-off game. Like every six, six or eight weeks, you might be entitled to one. But if if you multiply them on the back of each other, they've got a lot of talent in reserve grade ready to step up. Which is a great feeling to have depth at the club. Now you mentioned Chris Hyington. Uh, is he legally adopted Connor Watson and Brock Lamb? I've noticed they refer to him as dad a bit. Is <laughs> yeah. that is that and all Caleb. above board or just? Uh, yeah, I think he's adopted the three of them. Oh, they call so him daddy. Calls him son. Oh. <laughs> It's good to see fathers and sons getting yeah. along playing NRL together. How's he got? Like, I didn't think, like, when I saw Chris Hyington sign with the club, uh, and obviously I've been a fan of Chris Hyington for, for a long time, but he's, but I thought, you know, the man's, you know, I thought he was 42 years old. Like, you know, he's, he's played 600 first grade games uh, for about seven different clubs. And I thought, you know, I didn't think he'd see much first grade time, but, he, you know, I tell you what, I've been really uh, pleasantly surprised with his form. He comes on and he adds enthusiasm. And what you will find if you watch the game extremely closely, is that once Chris gets on the field, other forwards start moving around him, and it's because he talks to them. So he'll get the ball in his hand, and he'll be like, mate, I need you to push outside B defender, or someone pull on my inside here, or the half out the back, I'm going to come and I'm going to pass it. So he talks to people. And these are valuable lessons that our young forwards are starting to learn now. If they can pick up some good traits like that, you know, it's it's fantastic for the progression of our club and the way we're going. Who have you seen the biggest change from? Like, who's like, obviously been with the club for a few years, uh, and you know we're, we're obviously struggling, we're battling for every win. And who do you reckon uh, had the biggest influence? Uh, you could give a forward and a back, or anyone in particular. In you, terms you, of what brought in, or like the would, biggest change in player, or yeah, who, who do you, or both? Who, do you, who are you most surprised by when you when you you sort of seen them as a player? Obviously, a big fan of the game yourself, yep. but then uh, seeing them come in and go, I didn't expect that from him. Um. Yeah, probably Hino. Chris Hino, yeah, yeah. Hino in terms of in terms of um, 
influence yeah. on, on other players and his, his positive attitude. As you said, he's played like 330 first grade games, won two grand finals. Um, so he's done a lot, but still to have the enthusiasm and the love that he has for the game. And then in terms of players that I think have come leaps and bounds, you can't go past fits. Oh he's got to be in the origin conversation for mine. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. I think compared, if you compare like, uh, you know, um, someone like, um, someone in his form, I think five tries this year. Is that something? Is that about five uh, that Fizz has scored? Five from eight sounds right. Us, yes. us Zaya, Zaya will tell you. <laughs> Zaya will tell, yeah. Got he's got his stash of... Um, <laughs> Bracelets made yeah. up to give him fits at the end of the year. He must give Lockie all the good ones. He's <laughs> really done. But like, obviously, he's scoring. Like everyone's saying that the the Ponga and uh, and Fitz combination. But he was scoring tries before Ponga was even on the scene. Like he came in, in last year. I think he scored eight eight in the last seven games. Yeah, he did. It was amazing. Yeah. It's crazy to watch. And that's uh, I tell you what, Lockie Fitz. We've uh, always spoke about him fondly. But I tell you what, he's for a player that was uh, around that first grade side for a while, and then saw him play a lot of first grade minutes, and then I was. Uh, I think a lot of people might have written him off, but uh, you know, really nurturing that into like now a really dominant part of that side. Mm. Uh, do you find the same? Like, yeah, yeah, it's more it's more his work. He's always been a very strong uh, offensive player. I think yep. it's the work that he's doing off the ball now. Uh, he's hitting stick in defence. I think he saw he, he whacked one of the Burgesses off the kickoff on the weekend. Did him and Sione yeah, pounded Sione. George Burgess? Yeah, and like <laughs> George Burgess doesn't get shot off the kickoff. He's a large <laughs> human, so for them Huge. to do that. Um, I think, yeah, so it's his work off the ball and his focus on defence. Which is amazing for a young guy because that was, you, you could kind of see a bit of a weakness in his defensive game last year and this year it's just so obvious that yeah. he's worked his ass off in the off-season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's really built on his defence and yeah, he's killing it out on the edges there. It's showing. Hey, Liam, do you have the time? Time for the news, Nagy. <laughs> Yes, the news now, Liam. Um, there was a few things that went on this week. Um, you know, obviously, Cameron Smith got punched uh, right, in the, right in the uh, right in the fellas, right in the fellas, right in the batteries. Uh, and uh, you know, I was also wondering because you, you got punched in the fellas, you went down, uh, and you know, Saints scored. Uh, who was who was who was the try scorer? McGuinness, 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 Cameron McGuinness, Cameron McGuinness uh, scored right off. Uh, and you know, has that been a, has that been a ploy that maybe we've considered? Does that happen a lot? Like uh, if you get uh, if it works, why not try it? <laughs> well, that's it. someone get tackled near the line. Just, <laughs> Isn't it amazing? He's taken 350-odd <laughs> games and finally found out Cameron Smith's weakness, his <laughs> testicles. <laughs> just put one on the, on the thought, clangers. It is crazy to think that the guy is yeah, what, pushing 35. Doesn't seem to be any chinks in the armour, but someone found it. Straight they found the it. But that's, I mean, you never really consider that watching professional rugby league. I remember, you know, playing lower-grade rugby and you get hit in the nuts. You're like, I'm done for the day. I'm going to the pub. I'm down. But you're yeah. getting paid an enormous amount of money. You've got to get up. And then rally. Is that has that ever happened to you? Yeah, on I'm, the first grade field, I've had, had I've had my nuts grabbed. <laughs> like when you sidestep someone, they stick an arm out, and they're not oh. they're not polite enough just to be like, "Oh, okay, you can break my tackle." They really squeeze the <laughs> squeeze the jewel. So you generally got like oh. a second. You got a second or two, but once it hits, it hits. It's, and it's, then how do you recover? It's a builder, isn't it? Yeah. yeah right. Actually, I noticed you went down. Uh, there was uh, early in the game. There was a bit of a in the in the, in the rabbits game. Uh, a bit of an ankle. You limping around for a while. Is everything all right? The yeah, end? yeah. So I just went to um. I went to spin out of out of Reynolds's tackle, and he kind of held on to, held on to my uh, my shin around my shin region. Yeah. And uh, my my studs were in the ground. I've just kind of over rotated and just jarred my ankle up a bit, but nothing serious. Nah, no drama oh, here. That's good. Thank God. That's good to see. Also, we noticed that Dean Pay got fined twenty five thousand uh, dollars for some comments. Uh, about slagging the referees, slagging the referees, and it's you know obviously it's it's you know they put this in. Uh, it, everyone knows about it that you can't be you know in the post match review uh, talking smack about the uh, you know, the officials during the game. Uh, but twenty five thousand dollars. Do you know? I got to ask. Is now we have someone from the club. Did do they pay that? Is that a personal? I was just about thing? to say, like I don't know whether he's got to pay it or is it the club paying? The club's it? got like, to pay it, but I don't know. Like uh, I, I'd love to see one day a referees do a press conference or yeah, even him. or even sit in with the coaches and then they can actually give their insight behind the decisions because refs get a lot of like a lot of flack because yep. at the end of the day if your team loses it's a ref's fault like if you're a fan basically you know what I mean very rarely do they come out and say oh the better team won but I'd love to see the refs sit down and be like well you know why I made this decision because I interpreted it this way and I'm a I'm a professional like I'm I'm a referee I'm a professional I get trained to do my job and I've interpreted it this way and that's the way. That's why it is like that. So I, I'd we, love to. I'd love to see that one day, and then just come out and then back their decisions. Yeah. You know, yeah, rather yeah. than they, but, then they get hidden away, and then there's all this speculation about uh, all these other reasons. I'd love to see them just come out and be like, "Well, 
it's kind of what happened and this is the way the, I saw it. Yeah, because the players and the coaches, they get so much room to justify their decisions. They get interviews, they get press conferences, they get media releases, but the referees don't really have the right of reply, which I think leads to a lot of victimization of the referees because people are like, well, they're this kind of unseen force. They're just the men who are there in the middle with the whistle who yeah, are annoying. And you, only, and, you only ever hear from the ref's boss. You yeah. know what I yeah. mean? Like, they never actually talk to the referee and I'm sure like if they did make a mistake that they're, they're men enough to say you know what guys I got that wrong but no one's perfect or they'll be like I, I still stand by my decision but I just think it would be good to have a platform for them to mm. almost stick up for themselves sometimes you know because yeah, they're just punching bags as Jeff Toovey said there just has to be you know a bit of accountability <laughs> there has to be an investigation <laughs> into this you know it's because uh... we like Nagy and I were uh, we were big fans of the refereeing crackdown earlier on in the year I think they made they made some changes that they needed to make that had needed to have been made how much for the last seen, few years how much have we seen the bin this season yeah, you know? the, yeah. The, the offside one's a good one for mine people yeah. people get, yeah. like um leaving the try line early that's something that, that they've really they focused on. Yeah. Do, do you get an insight on that when when you know there's a big ref change is like oh we're going to be focusing on let's say the play the ball this year was yeah. was that a, was it do you get any sort of like so all right they, guys play the ball this year is going to be really tight? they come they there yeah, they come out and they make with the uh, with the playing groups throughout the year so I think we had um, Henry Paranara um, he makes a great sauce a, a great sauce yeah sorry yeah. <laughs> Henry Paranara sauce yeah no, 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 well, no, yeah, no it's we'll delicious it's beautiful <laughs> we'll fill you in later. Mm. Um, yeah, so he, he came out and had a couple of hours and he was great. You know, he explained and then he refed our semi-opposed sessions like um, scrimmages as if it was, as if the game was on. So if someone was offside, he'd look, bang, that's it. If someone played the ball wrong, bang, that's it. You know, there's a lot of... Um, like you have like a mock game and then like... Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. With refs and stuff like that. So we it, the players are very aware of the changes that are going on before, but players will always try and push the envelope. And it seemed to be the case that... Um, and. Early in the season, we had the crackdown and then the penalties eased off and you had the old traditional people who were always saying the referees are wrong, like, well, finally, the referees have eased up. But to watch the game, it's, well, no, the players and the coaches have amended the way they were playing and are now going with the new system, which I thought was wonderful, but everyone else, well, not everyone else, but a lot of other people just came out and said, well, yeah, see, the refs are wrong. They're going back to the old ways. When in reality, the way I saw it, it was more that the players and the coaches, you know, spent the time to to get the players, you know, doing the right thing. And that's why the crackdown has come down because the rules are being abided to more. Yeah. Whereas you've still got it's, those fans who are still blaming the refs saying, yeah, well, they were wrong initially. So It's, it's more to the letter of the law. I think mm. we're fighting this season. Has this been the biggest change this season, you think, with the ref crackdowns? Or is this the same every year for different things? Oh, I think that... The, <laughs> I think sometimes they're trying to make a perfect game out of an imperfect game. You know what I mean? Like there's there's rules and there's, there's, there's um, in place for all types of things, but sometimes you just want to see football get played. Yeah. Well, it's this thing like every, every year with Origin, you know, you have that sort of like, especially game one, it seems to be this sort of penalty-free zone for about yeah. 15 minutes. Like, And it's like, that's great footy. Uh, and then we've got the games like the like four weeks ago with the, the Sharks-Melbourne game. Worst where, game of rugby league I've seen in my goddamn life. The, I've know, ranted enough about it. I shan't enough. say But it was just, yeah, it just blew the pee out of the whistle and the, ref, the players didn't, you know, change and you just kept playing the penalties. But it's like, it's, you know, it's entertainment in the end. Like you're doing it for the for, for you know for hundreds of thousands of people, uh, and just to to ruin the product, it's, it's such a you know a disappointing thing. To be fair, some of the refs they give you warnings on the run, so if they're they're minor offences, they'll be like, mate, Easy. Like, yeah, yeah take, you watch take, that. Make yeah. make sure you're onside the next play. So if they went the other way, they'll be like, look, make sure you're onside the next play, or that's it. So they they they, mm. they they do do their best in terms of trying to um, let the players know what's going on, and there's a good vocab there, but. People are always going to try and push the envelope, that's for sure. Don't they what? Do they, are you on the first name? I've got to ask about a player. Do, are, you, are you on first name nah. basis with the referees? Nah, I call them all, sir. No, no, no. But like, <laughs> do, do they call you do they, like, Rossi off him? Or, or are they you like, you know, number yeah, four? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. no. So they're, they're, they're good like that. So they'll be like, yeah, Nathan, hands out now. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Which is impressive because half the commentators in the game can't get the players' names <laughs> no, right. A, the few the referees are out running around and getting it right. That's I impressive. I was watching the Titans game the other day and they were calling Gerald, Jared Wallace Joy Arrow for half, <laughs> half the game of footy. <laughs> Jared Wallace was off injured. I, I mean, uh, Joy Arrow was off injured. They're like, and Joy Arrow's off again. It's you like, weren't Jared... watching Channel 9, were you, Rossi? Oh, I'm not oh, God. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no, but Liam, I think it's uh, time. We've heard enough from us. I think it's time to hear from uh, the people and uh, let's open your sack. Here's one more. There it is. All right, big sack this week, guys. I, you'll have to forgive me. I didn't write them down because there was too much going on. It was a huge sack. It's brilliant. So yeah. I've got them here on the phone. Now, first question. Oh, not Mickey O'Brien. Sorry. Actually, Mickey O'Brien put this yeah. to the wrong page, but I'm going to read it out anyway. What? 
if players get put on report slash suspended, should referees lose a percentage of their match fee for these costly and ridiculous blunders that are now costing teams games? Because whatever they do- so Actually, Mickey, I disagree. <laughs> I think if players are put on report or suspended, they probably did something to warrant that. Well, and it's the a referee. review system. Like, yeah. yeah, and that's a, there's a few systems in place. Mickey, get your, get your question right before you, you post it in. Thanks. Next, right page next time, please, Mickey. <laughs> uh Next one is from Marcus James Harborn. Yeah. Marcus asks, should we make a play for Todd Carney? Okay, so you think... Uh, yeah. well, Ross, I'm going to throw it straight to you. you know, obviously, Todd Carney, uh, like he's been in the game for 10-plus for years. Uh, he's, on, you know, he's at that end of his, his career. He's, he's, you know, he, t- he severed ties with the NRL. He's come back to the NRL. He's around that circle again. Um, Pierce is out for, for you know, at least another... You know, tennis weeks. What do you think? You, you, you see, like that, we need someone to buy in, or do you think? We're... I think I think Todd's a terrific player. He's a Dalian medalist winner. Uh, but for where we're at at the moment, and for where the club's going, I just think that he might not be. Like we we do have a lot of mentor roles for our halves at this point in time. Like with Piercy being injured, he's mentoring. We've got um, Connor Watson. You got Jack Cogger there. Brock Lamb's still around. Jack Johns is at Newcastle. We've got a couple of young fellas coming through. So we do have a lot of young stocks in that department. But I do think that he should be playing back in the NRL somewhere. Yeah, uh, good call. Yeah, I think I I agree. I think he'd be an emergency signing, bit of a knee jerk signing, which Brownie Brownie's shown through his him and Moon's recruitment. They don't do knee-jerk signings. They yeah. sign someone for a purpose, looking forward long-term. They don't sign someone, oh, shit, we need a half for the next half-dozen games. And we no, already have three. Yeah, no Band-Aids. Yeah, yeah. no yeah. Band-Aids for bullet wounds. Yeah, there's too much Band-Aids put on in the past. Yeah. Exactly, So we've had to rip yeah. them all off and get back to... And we're now hairless, <laughs> just messes of... <laughs> just tearing them all off. <laughs> yeah. Just one motion, right off. <laughs> now, K. William Wilson. If it was a season-defining situation, for example... Final game of the season. Last yep. set of the match. And we need to defuse a crossfield bomb by the opposing halfback to hold on to the lead. Would you prefer to have SKD or Aquila the Thriller underneath it? SKD. SKD? You think Every it, day of it's, the week. I think I have to go SKD as well. Like, uh, Aku uh, gave so much to this side and I loved for it. Like, and had so many like powerful years. Uh, and like, yeah, didn't leave the club in the best terms. But at the same time, he's, uh, you know, it, 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 he's, he's a great runner. He's a great runner, but there's always got to be that question under the high ball with him. Uh, but SKD, I think, is proven. Uh, yeah, proven, tried and tested, I think, under that high ball. Uh, Heart's, Heart's a big one for me as well. So yeah. you've got chases coming through. Well, so many uh, factors Skids, going on, Skids yeah. is going to outjump most people. He's a huge so, man. Yeah. He's an easy to stand like that. Yeah. That's why <laughs> I never realised how big he was until he moved to Newcastle and I saw him <laughs> yeah. getting around town. I was like, Jesus that, no, Oh my God, it's John Kenny Dow. He's really like that, tall. I was a bit like Aiden Guerra. I saw him walking uh, through the Junction Coles. I was like, Jesus Christ. He's a, They're big boys. Yeah. <laughs> what does television do? How does that work? They make them appear short, normal size. Oh, I, think, I don't no. get it. It's <laughs> magic. It's just something they got in the rooster's water out there. Something yeah. in Bondi. <laughs> in the la- something in the lattes, probably. <laughs> they actually like the coffees Chickens. up here more. Really? Yeah, well, all, all the roosters boys enjoy the, life, the Newcastle lifestyle a lot better than yeah, Sydney. It's Newcastle. We've got the greatest cafe culture in the world. They're only human. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they like everything about Newcastle. Yeah. Lincoln Ison, good friend of the show, asks, with Jesse Ramey and a Tau Mogo on the roster next season, yep. do we re-sign? And if so, where do we play Sione Matautia with Guerra and Fitzgibbon playing... Very, very well in the second row. Don't see him being a, uh, an improvement over those two. So, what do we do with Sioni? I think like you got like the way he's playing at the moment, uh, especially in that South game. You know, like let him play for the position. You know, there's there's nothing to say that Tao Tao Moga is a better center than him. Um, and I think the especially, you know, it's it's that competition that Rossi was talking about before. I think you know you let the boys compete for those positions. Uh, he has that experience in the back row, and you know, could you see could you see Sioni coming back off the bench maybe as a uh, or do you think Senna's going to be his home? I think I, I, I really think so. Like when I first came through, Sione was my center. Yep. When, when I was playing on the left wing, Sione was the, the left center. So uh, I think he's a great center. Uh, he's just got to, you know, he's starting to find his form again back out there. You can't, like I said, the transition from center to back row, back to center. There's a lot of learning that goes on and a lot of body composition that changes and um, just getting your, your, your myself mentally right for these type of things and the, the amount of Ks you cover is differently and, and all those type of things. But, um, yeah, let, let the boys fight it out and the best team gets picked. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's what we like. That's, That's what you want. You want competition in your you, club. You mm. want competition and you know the, and everything rises to the top. And there's always going to be injuries too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... 
Yeah, I don't think uh, anyone at the start of the season could see J- Jack Hogger with uh, the starting side that we had uh, playing 10-plus games. But that, in, in reality, that's how many games he's probably going to be playing. So it's, uh, you know, you, you need that depth. Yeah, in, 100%. Yeah, in all, all the positions. One more question from the sack. One more so. question from Nick Turner over there in Papua New Guinea. Should the NRL move away from becoming a nanny state and give the players and coaches free reign to say whatever's on their mind? Clearly, Nathan, yes. as the baddest man yes. in the NRL, you're a... And without fears of being fined in post-match press conferences, surely... As fans of the game, this honesty is something we all love to see. And as a governing body, the NRL should not see it as dissent and instead look at it as being constructive criticism. Nathan, what do you think? Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love for us to come out and freely speak about the game. Um, obviously, within reasons, I don't think people should come out and say, like, F this, F that, this person's a, a dog and stuff like that. But um, people should say how they feel about the game because it's emotional. We're emotionally invested to, to everything here. And I think that... Um, being able to say what we feel makes us relatable to everyone else. We can't, we shouldn't have to be robots and said that um, you've got to speak within these guidelines. Like, oh, I'd love to come out and say, you know what, that's really disappointing that that happened. Or I think that was great that such and such has done this, but it shows that we're human beings and it makes us relatable. And do you think the media's played a large part in this? Because the media <laughs> this year and last year seem to be whinging about, oh, the players won't talk to us. And it's kind of a, well, if you didn't make the players out to look so bad whenever they express anything other than the line that's fed to them from the club, Looking for that they would be bite, happy yeah. to talk to you. Do you think the media's kind of forced players to avoid saying anything like that for fear of just being torn to shreds in a shithouse paper like the Daily Telegraph? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure, but like it's, uh, a lot of people are too cliche. Like whenever I do my interviews, I'll try and be organic and just have a laugh and have fun with it because at the end of the day, we're human beings and we're playing a game that everyone loves, not just the supporters love, but we love doing it as well. And You'll find most of us at home on the on the Friday, the Saturday, or the Sunday night watching other games of football. So we're just as into it as everyone else. And I think making us like keep on going back to it, but as relatable um, as possible, I think could only improve the game. Absolutely. I can't agree more. And I, I, can't, I can't thank you both enough for being here. We're running very, very short on time. We've gone well over because uh, we're just having so much fun here tonight. Liam, thank you very much for joining me tonight. Uh, Rossi, we can't Thanks, thank no, you enough. Thanks, Liam. Yeah, yeah we, we, uh, we've got to have you back on again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Jousters. If you like us, look out for us on Facebook, YouTube now. Don't remember to subscribe. Hit that button. Uh, as well as, uh, you know, jump in to get the, the, the jersey. Um, thing yeah and Instagram Twitter all the pipes all the social pipes every pipe in town every pipe and also we might have a very special announcement later in the week but keep your eyes out for that and thank you very much guys it's been an absolute pleasure cheers Rossi cheers thanks guys thanks gents that was brilliant man I could fucking talk for hours though